peace be with you on this, the Lord's Day. Sometimes in the setting of my family, I have a title that's been given to me, and I hold it with great honor. The title is Captain Obvious. <laughs> I have that title because there are times that I ask questions about the obvious. Or I have that title because at times I work out to point out the obvious. I just like people to know, and I don't want them to miss out. And I have a sneaking suspicion there are times, even among my co-workers and colleagues, that uh, that title is spoken, perhaps not to me, but maybe behind my back. But I like to be Captain Obvious, because, well, it's just an honor to be able to point things out, and I'm honored to have that title until I miss something, and then someone else has to point it out to me. How many of you bear that same title in your setting? Anybody? A couple of us. We belong to an elite group, don't we? Amen to point out the obvious. Now John the Baptist, who we hear of in John 1, he already has a title, the Baptist, but I'm tempted to give him the title Captain Obvious too. The Lord's called him to carry out a specific task to be the baptizer, but he has a desire, a determination to point out to others so that no one misses out. In his statement recorded in John 1, it begins with, Behold, look, see, pay attention to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist is pointing us to that obvious but important fact. But even before John the Baptist speaks, John the Apostle, the one that the Spirit has used by God's will to record this Gospel, he has the same task of pointing out so that others know, so that they do not miss out. He joins with John the Baptist, and the two Johns are key for us, for us to behold, to look, to see, to pay attention to who Jesus is. So before we hear John the Baptist's statement, let's look at the behold, so to speak, that John the Apostle points out. Behold the Word. In John 1, it begins, the Word becoming flesh. Behold, John the Apostle writes, pay attention, this Jesus, the one whose birth we have celebrated, is indeed one who speaks not words of mortals, but the very word of God. He and the Father are one when they speak. John records in chapter 12, Jesus' words. Jesus said, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. When the Word, Jesus, speaks, He speaks His Father's Word. 
And that word is filled with grace and with truth. There is no other. No other God who has brought to us the assurance of grace, that undeserved love, and a truth that does not change. So when Jesus speaks throughout the Gospels, he's speaking what his Father, our Father, knows that you need to hear today, tomorrow, and into eternity. And not only does Jesus, the Word, speak the Father's Word, he speaks it from human flesh. The Word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, our Savior, understands the life that you have and the life that I have, for God sent him into this world, not only true God, but true man, to speak grace and truth into our realities, into our realities with which we live and struggle with and are burdened by. Behold, John the Apostle writes, the Word. Behold, Jesus is the light. In the opening verses of John 1, again, the Apostle wants you to say, See, Jesus, the one whose birth we celebrated, is the one who comes to dispel the darkness, not only in this world, but in his heart. John records in him, in Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is the light that Pastor Nathan took us to last week in the celebration of the Epiphany. Jesus, the light of the world, sent by the Father to shine into our darkened hearts and minds, to dispel the brokenness that is in us. But not only the light shining in us, but then Pastor pointed out the light shining through us. That we reflect this light, Jesus, through our words and our acts of mercy and our care. Behold, John says, this Jesus whose birth you celebrated not only the Father's word, but the light of the world. Behold, John points out, Jesus is also the Son from the Father. Our Father, the creator of the cosmos, Jesus there with him in creation, so loves his creation that the Father sends that which is of himself, his Son, into this world so that in our lives we can see the Father's glory. Again, John writes in the opening of the Gospel, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Son, coming from the Father, bringing from his Father's throne into our not-so-glorious lives, the glory of our Father, filled with his radiant light, 
his forgiveness and grace, taking our darkness and bringing the joy and the assurance of his glory into our lives. Behold, John says, the light or the Son of the Father. And behold, he's also the Christ. This brings it all together into clear focus. The one whose birth we celebrated, that little babe in Bethlehem, the one who wise men came to worship is indeed the Christ. Again, the apostle writes, for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he, Jesus, has made him known. Christ, that's his title. He is the anointed one, the Messiah. And when the Spirit grants faith in Jesus, then we have faith knowing that he is the Christ. And what he speaks, and the light he shines, and the relationship that he has with his Father does not fluctuate. It is constant. So we could say John the Apostle, the one whom the Lord used to write the Gospel, could be Captain Obvious. But maybe that sounds disrespectful. Perhaps he is like a, a commentator. We're watching an event unfold, and there's a commentator standing off to the side saying, hey, behold, don't miss it, the one in the manger. It's the word that our Father needs you to hear when the world doesn't speak the truth. Behold, the one in the manger, that's the light you need when this reality of darkness and sin and brokenness, not only in our own lives, but in our neighbor's life, starts to, to cover everything. Behold, when relationships fall apart, there is one relationship that holds the son of the father, and that father has also claimed you as his daughter and his son. Behold the Christ. So John the Apostle is helping us to see, and then, and then the Lord sends John the Baptist, another servant, another Captain Obvious, another commentator, to stop in the midst of the event so that we do not miss what God has given. John the Baptist says, Behold, the Lamb of God. What a statement. What a statement for those in John the Baptist's presence that day. They're waiting. They're waiting for the Lord's anointing. They're waiting for the Messiah. They have in their mind one who's going to come and bring victory into their life. One who's going to be a mighty warrior. And what do they hear John the Baptist say? Behold, the Lamb of God. But he doesn't stop there. Behold, the Lamb of God, say it with me, who takes away the sin. It's in this title. 
It's in this title, this name of Jesus, that we fully see what's happening from Bethlehem to the upper room of Monday Thursday when Jesus takes bread and wine and says, this is my body, this is my blood. It's this title that connects us then into Good Friday when this Jesus is sacrificed. It's this title that carries us on to Easter. Behold, this Jesus is indeed not just the Word, not just the light, not just the Father's Son, but is the sacrifice, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. For those in John the Baptist's presence that day, if they had been at the temple in Jerusalem, perhaps another image would come to mind. When the high priest would take the people of Israel and their sins, and in front of him would be standing a goat, and he would confess the sins of the people as he laid his hands on the head of that goat, and then laying on that goat the sins of the people, he would send it out. Send it out as the scapegoat, carrying the brokenness of the people. Jesus, not a goat, but the Lamb. The Lamb that the Father has laid all of our iniquities on Him, sending Him not into the wilderness, but to Calvary. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, sin in our lives. Forgiven? Remembered no more. There. Bethlehem. Monday, Thursday. Good Friday and Easter come together. But I can't ignore what John the Apostle gets to see at the end of his life. Because it all comes together ultimately when the Lord allows John to have the revelation of what is to come for all of us. For this Lamb, who takes away the sin of the world, who takes away your sin, listen what will happen with this Lamb. John writes, after this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these? clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. That's what awaits us, brothers and sisters. The Lamb who is not dead at Calvary, but risen victoriously, seated on the throne. Behold, you have another day in front of you.
Behold, the week will begin to unfold. And as we enter those days, may we hear God's commentators standing off to the side from Bethlehem through Easter, saying, Look, see the Lamb of God, Jesus, for you, who's taken away your sins. Behold, this sacrifice is complete. Behold, you've received grace, and it's all been covered by his blood. Behold, your robe, your life has been washed white in the blood of the Lamb. And then, when that day comes, may God grant us that joy, standing around the throne, gathered with all those who have gone before us as we echo those same words. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away your sin. In his name we pray. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which is beyond our ability to understand, keep our hearts and minds in Jesus, the Lamb of God, until life eternal. Amen.